From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, March 9th. Last week brought a whirlwind of a state legislative session to a close. Over the past 45 days, Utah lawmakers made decisions on taxes, criminal justice, education. They banned gender-affirming health care for trans youth. They closed abortion clinics. There's a lot of big issues to unpack. But there's this smaller bill. It passed on the last day of the session, a little quietly, without a whole lot of fanfare. And it marks a historic first in the United States. Some say it has worrying implications for tourist towns like Moab. What this bill means um, is that in Utah, this is the first state in the country that would essentially make co-owned homes not treated any differently than other residential homes. That's Laura Harris, the chair of the Moab Area Housing Task Force. In the final hours of the legislative session, Utah's lawmakers preemptively banned any municipalities from specially regulating co-owned homes. This is notable because co-ownership isn't very well known right now. Harris works in housing and says she just recently found out about it. I had only heard of it because I think I saw an NPR article about it maybe a few months ago, about the rise of these companies. When people in housing who worry about these sorts of things are talking about co-ownership, they're not talking about a couple purchasing a house and owning it together, or siblings inheriting their parents' home. They're talking about co-ownership going corporate. For example, uh, this kind of ownership model in things like private jets, this is sort of a, a way that like affluent people can own a private jet without like being burdened with the entire cost of the private jet. And they're not using it every day. So it's like, I might as well just own a 20th of a jet. Um, and I think that's maybe a funny me- metaphor because we're kind of dealing with the same thing, but when it comes to homes. Moab City Manager Carly Castle. Co-ownership allows people to purchase a fraction of a vacation home. It's been done for years. But what's new are the startups making it easier. New companies like Picasso and Ember will purchase homes in hot vacation markets and then sell shares of it. Online, these companies say they make buying your dream vacation house a reality. But for Moab City, it raises a red flag. Our concern is that it just is a way to kind of get around our short-term rental restrictions um, and suddenly put timeshares in neighborhoods that are zoned primarily residential. It's fundamentally different. It's fundamentally different. Kurt Averill, the CEO of co-ownership company Ember, doesn't exactly see it that way. He says these companies are distinct from traditional timeshares. So one, a timeshare is typically owned by up to 52 owners. Ember homes are owned by anywhere from two to eight owners. So you have much smaller owner groups. These owners actually own the asset. Then we turn the home over to them and say, hey, you can do whatever you want with this property as long as it complies, obviously, with local zoning ordinances. From Averill's perspective, co-ownership solves problems, like connecting Americans who want vacation homes with a more affordable option to do so. For a multi-million dollar property, you might pay two to $400,000 for an owning share. And Averill says co-ownership concentrates what could have been multiple vacation home purchases into one. The perception is co-ownership is going to make the market more expensive or homes more expensive and less affordable. And the reality is, it's quite frankly, the opposite. You know, of the eight owners, in our experience, two to four of those owners would have bought their own homes had they not found Ember. We're essentially taking buyers out of the market, which is a to some extent, a good thing for housing affordability. 
two to four of those owners, like you said, in your data and your research might have purchased, you know, an individual home in that market. Um, you know, it can support up to eight. So, you know, what about the concern that co-ownership does make second home ownership more affordable and might um, increase the demand for second homes? Yeah, I mean, it's possible that that might happen. Um, but I think it's way too early to tell. I mean, co-ownership is not moving a significant number of properties in these municipalities. We're talking about maybe 10 homes over a three-year period. So I do think it's a little bit of an overstatement to say that it that it is affecting or will affect. It's still very nascent. It's true. This is a nascent industry. Most of the co-ownership companies worldwide, including Ember, were founded in 2021. But it's because of these unknowns at the very beginning of an industry that caused Moab City officials like Castle to worry, especially when Utah just prevented local government from regulating them any differently than other residential housing. It's a totally new industry. So it may be that some entrepreneur thinks, hey, you know what, I bet there's a market for this when it comes to more middle income, moderate income homes. And, and suddenly they sort of scoop them up and they'll take them off the market basically forever. And it's unfortunate that this is like this emerging uh, model, this, this emerging business. And we have no idea what the unintended consequences are going to be, but we are prevented from regulating it at all. Castle says she's aware that Park City was trying to regulate co-ownership through their local ordinances. And the state's preemption seems to be a response to that. Am I surprised they ran legislation against the Park City ordinance? No, because preemption is often threatened and it usually happens. It is a really sincere threat. The new legislation was presented as a property rights bill. It's celebrated by companies who lobbied for it because it solidifies that municipalities can't dictate who owns a home. And Castle doesn't disagree with that. But she says, We just want to be able to regulate the corporate use in our town like we would regulate any kind of business. Co-owned vacation listings in Utah are currently concentrated in Park City and St. George. They're not here in Moab. Housing experts say it could be that this area just doesn't have the luxury housing stock these companies are interested in. Yet. Find more information and the text of the bill in the show notes of today's news. Federal officials have suspended extra water releases from Flaming Gorge Reservoir in Utah and Wyoming. As Alex Hager with our partners at KUNC reports, the decision comes amid forecasts of a strong runoff season. The reservoir holds water in the Colorado River system. The Bureau of Reclamation has been using Flaming Gorge to prop up Lake Powell, where dropping levels are threatening the ability to generate hydropower. But last month, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, and New Mexico asked the feds to hit pause on the current series of releases. They said it's been a snowy, rainy winter, and they want all that new water to help refill Flaming Gorge. Federal officials listened and suspended water releases starting this week. That's nearly two months before they were scheduled to end. Climate scientists say the strong winter will help ease the worst effects of drought, but won't be enough to turn around the two-decade-long supply-demand imbalance on the Colorado River. I'm Alex Hager. Federal officials will spend $25 million to restore and conserve bison herds on tribal lands. The Mountain West News Bureau's Wilwaukee reports. Tens of millions of bison, which are also called buffalo, once roamed North America. 
but the species was hunted to near extinction in the late 1800s. Today, wild bison number in the tens of thousands nationwide, including about 20,000 managed by tribes. Jason Baldus works for the National Wildlife Federation and lives on the Wind River Indian Reservation in Wyoming. He says this recent announcement is a step in the right direction. They're keystone species, so that should be reason enough to restore them to the landscape because it benefits the grasses, the birds, the insects. He says herds also provide food and maintain the cultural identity of tribes. The money comes from the Inflation Reduction Act and will go towards building new herds and transferring more bison from federal to tribal lands. Interior Secretary Deb Holland says officials need to tap into indigenous knowledge more to keep preserving one of the most iconic animals in the American West. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Will Walkie. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, March 9th. You can find the newscast anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.